covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. And we do welcome you into another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us. Another week of Milwaukee Brewers talk and another week closer to opening day, which is really just a couple weeks away now. Uh, let's get a couple things out of the way here at the top of the program. First off, if you ever want to get in contact with me, you can do so by reaching me via Twitter at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. And if you do listen to the podcast via Apple Podcast and you want to leave a ranking and review, that would be uh, very, very much appreciated. The podcast is coming out a little bit late this week, and uh, I'll explain it. You may not care. In fact, if you don't care, you just want to hear Brewers talk, you can start pressing the uh, fast-forward button here, and uh, you can get to that. But I'll, I'll explain why here. Uh, I had my wisdom teeth out this past Thursday, and my plan was I'm on the road right now. I'm the play-by-play broadcaster for the Green Bay women's basketball team, and I'm on the road in Detroit because that's where the Horizon League tournament is being played. Got in late Sunday night. Did the interview with Adam Rigg from the Brewer Nation, who we're going to hear in just a little bit. And my goal was to uh, record the rest of the podcast after that. And it got to a point where, quite honestly, my mouth hurt just way too much to talk. So finally at a point where I can try to uh, get this thing uh, taken care of today. So it's a little bit later than normal. My uh, apologies to you, especially for those of you. I know there are some who... uh, First thing, Monday morning, you listen to the podcast. Maybe it's what you listen to while driving to uh, work on Mondays. If you are in that group of people, please accept my apologies, and I'll do my best to uh, not have the delayed podcast arrival happen uh, too much in the future. That being said, it's still not exactly super comfortable to uh, talk, so uh, we're going to get right into this week's edition of Brewers Extrains, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. It doesn't matter if it's right in the middle of the summer or winter. There's always news about the Brewers. Let's look back at the week that was with Matt's Headlines of the Week. All right, a few things to get to. Uh, some not great but not horrible news on pitcher Jeremy Jeffress, who is continuing to uh, deal with some weakness in his right shoulder. Uh, starting, we talked about a little bit that he might not be available for opening day. Now, if he's not available for opening day, it, this does not appear to be something that's going to be an extended amount of time that we're not going to see him till June or July or something like that. But as time starts to, you know, really uh, get shorter and shorter in spring and that shoulder isn't quite right and the strength isn't uh, there yet, uh, it seems, I, I don't know if I'll use the word likely quite yet, but maybe it is likely that uh, Jeremy Jeffress is not going to be available when opening day gets here. Uh, Ryan Braun has been playing a little bit more in spring. You always know you're finally into spring, and kind of the uh, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel is viewable when Ryan Braun is participating in spring games because he doesn't like to play in a lot of spring games. He gets out there, uh, wants to get his timing right at the plate, wants to get his timing right in the outfield, and then wants to get things going after that. Uh, so far, the adjustments and the tweaks to his swing seems to be working, but you know we'll learn more about that once the uh, regular season really get started. By the time you're listening to this, this may have already happened, but uh, Jimmy Nelson is going to be making his Cactus League debut on Monday. That's good news. He's been uh, you know, throwing off mounds, simulated games, things like that. Finally able to get onto uh, a mound in a game uh, in Cactus League play. So uh, that's, that's really good for the continued development. And 
Don't really know if he's going to be available for opening day or not. Uh, he's, you know, this is his first appearance in a Cactus League game, so obviously a little bit behind some other folks. But uh, he is uh, getting close uh, to uh, being uh, out there performing. What level he's going to be at? I mean, all those things are we don't. They're, they're things we don't answer to at this point. We've talked about it uh, in previous podcasts. We really don't know with that injury how long, even after he's able to go out there and throw, until he's going to be able to get back to the form that he was in a couple of years ago uh, is this a process where he's going to be uh, available for opening day and, and just getting better are they going to want to maybe start him uh, on the injured list and start him in the minor leagues and get him a couple starts in the minor leagues who knows that's uh, maybe they've got a decision made I doubt they do I would think that uh, his performance in these Cactus Leagues going to go a very long way towards uh, figuring that out. The tarp is off at Miller Park Friday. The uh, tarp officially uh, came off the field, and uh, that's always a very good thing. That's another sign that we are getting close to baseball. And uh, Josh Hader got renewed by the team. Now, this is uh, uh, the way it works is before you are arbitration eligible and a team has your rights, uh, they basically can kind of pay you what they want to pay you and how much of a raise they give you. is it, it falls under the framework of the collective bargaining agreement and everything, and he didn't get much of a raise. He's not going to be making all that much money. He's going to be making uh, $687,000 this upcoming season. Uh, last year, his base salary was for $556,500. Now, generally for pre-arbitration players, there is a agreement between the player and the team on what they're going to get paid, but if there's not an agreement, then it becomes technically a renewal because the team can basically say what they're going to pay them, and that's what happened here. It was not agreed upon with Josh Hader's uh, representation. That being said, when he was asked about it, uh, there was uh, he did not say anything bad about the Brewers, did not sound like there was any sour grapes, just was not a situation where his representation and the Brewers were able to agree upon uh, the amount of money he was going to be paid this upcoming season. So it goes down as a renewal and not agreeing to terms. Those are this week's Headlines of the Week. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast is powered by WTMJ Mobile. Right now, we are very happy to welcome on the program one of our uh, most frequent guests. He is uh, Adam Rigg of the Brewer Nation. Adam, always good to talk to you. How are you? Matthew, not too bad. It's finally starting to warm up in Wisconsin. We're getting a, a flavor, a little, a little taste of what's to come here for the regular season. I think it's supposed to be in the 50s or 60s on Thursday, uh, depending on where you're at in the state. So uh, all things looking good. Yeah, so we're about two weeks left in spring training, opening day coming up here at the end of the month. I guess let's start off real general. What's What are the things you're especially uh, looking out for here over these final couple weeks of the spring? Well, I'd say first and foremost, uh, the competition, the renewed competition, uh, even you could say in the bullpen is the the main thing I'm looking at because Jeremy Jefferson's shoulder has been balky. You know, they, they've termed it weakness uh, and, and soreness uh, different days, depending on who you're talking to. Um, but his possible lack of availability for opening day, um, that opens a spot for somebody else. Um, the fact that they um, lost their uh, trade pickup, I, was, I almost said free agent pickup, I screwed that up on Twitter the other day too, uh, but the fact that they lost their free agent pick or their trade pickup, like I said, from the Mets uh, and the Cam Broxton deal to a blown ACL in his drive leg um, in Bobby Wall, 
that just that opens up a spot because it was widely assumed that Wall would, you know, kind of settle into one of the open bullpen positions. So there's there's room for uh, some of these guys that come into camp on minor league deals. Uh, some of these guys that come into camp with options that maybe were ticketed for AAA as their likely destination to start the season. Maybe you got like an Adrian Hauser, um, for example. Uh, some of these guys that, that might find themselves making an opening day roster. So I'm definitely keeping an eye on the box scores. You can only do so much uh, box score scouting. You have to see how they're pitching and truly to understand any results in spring training, you have to know the goal and the intent. Like you hear, you saw Corbin Burns, you know, gives a five runs to earned today on Sunday. Uh, and then you hear him in mid-game, oh, I started everybody off in the second inning with my curveball. Uh, I was just trying to get all my pitches in, get up and down four times, hit 60 pitches. Didn't really care about the results. So you have to, you know, there's always that context that is usually lacking from the outside looking in. Um, but again, you can see some of these guys that are pitching with intent, these guys that are trying to make the team, their results, I think, speak a little bit more, especially when they're used earlier in the game against the big league hitters, uh, to, to be able to kind of, you know, really zero in on, on how they're performing and, and whether or not they have a chance to make the team and what the their outlook is should they do that. Uh, and then beyond that, it's a little bit of these, not competitions, I guess, so much anymore because a lot of the hitting side seems to be spoken for. Uh, but just see how these guys uh, continue to progress in the spring. Uh, again, the results don't matter a ton, but it is always better to be hitting 380 than it is to be hitting 180, uh, regardless of uh, the competition, uh, regardless of whether or not you're mainly hitting off guys that are going to be packing groceries next month. You know, so it's it's important to see these guys continue to progress. Um, like Eric Thames, uh, just one example. He hit the ground running pretty well, I think, uh, when the Cactus League started. He's kept it up pretty well. I think he's a tick under 300 batting average right now. His slugging is good. He's got a couple of home runs. Um, that's a guy who, you know, he lost his job last year, uh, to be blunt. He got hurt. Jesus Aguilar came on like gangbusters, and Thames never got back into the mix and kind of scuffled down the stretch. So if he's able to carve out more playing time for himself, um, you know, truth be told, possibly play his way into a trade to a team that will use him more. I mean, that's always a possibility as well. Um, but if, if a guy like Eric Thames is going to be on the bench uh, with Jesus Aguilar getting the majority of the starts at first base, then you'd like uh, an Eric Thames who's locked in and who's, you know, more comfortable with himself and, and hopefully goes into the regular season on a good kick. So just things like that, just, just watching these guys kind of finish up the last couple of weeks here of the Cactus League and knock on wood, everybody makes it onto the plane without a swing by the trainer's room. All right, so let's let's hit on a few of those things a little bit more deep. Uh, first off, the bullpen situation. Jeremy Jeffress, you just you get the sense that there's a pretty good chance he's not going to be available for opening day. Nothing official yet, but that just seems to be the trajectory we're headed in right now. You mentioned Bobby Wall not being available. You know, you always have more guys than spots needed because of attrition and things like this but are you at all concerned about the bullpen at this point in time no not right now uh certainly not it, jeremy jeffers again he said i think his interview today or yesterday um he talked about he doesn't care if he's not ready until april 10th he wants to be strong when he hits the field you know in the big leagues this year so and he's a guy who, who knows himself and he'll be good once his body is healthy so not worried about that spot especially uh with the way the season ended with the resurgence of, resurgence of Corey Knebel, uh down the stretch last year and in, in, in the playoffs, 
Uh, obviously, with Josh Hader being Josh Hader on the mound, uh, if Matt Albers can rebound, you know, he carried, uh, helped carry the bullpen through the first month and a half of last year before he got hurt. So if he's healthy in Albers and some of these other guys step up, uh, there's absolutely no reason to worry about the bullpen at this point. From my, from where I'm standing, they've got, like you said, a lot of options. Um, you have depth. This team was a masterful last season about sending guys up. Uh, they're sending guys down, calling guys up, kind of keep at least one or two fresh arms in that bullpen all the time, um, really maximizing the bullets that those guys have out there. So I think they know how to use their personnel. Uh, I think council has demonstrated despite some people on social media wanting to complain all the time about how Council uses everybody and uses his bullpen. Uh, I think he's really shown, especially down the stretch, he's got a real handle on that bullpen, how to use his guys uh, and get the most out of them. So, no, the, the, the long way around to your answer, I'm not worried at all right now. Last year at this time we were talking about is there even going to be a roster spot available for Jesus Aguilar, and then he did what he did. I mean, things always tend to work out. You mentioned Eric Thames. Uh, there, uh, You can say, hey, is there going to be a roster spot available for him? If he's somebody who can be capable in the outfield, you can look at him as a, as a fifth outfielder, but of course you always have Hernan Perez who kind of serves that same role in addition to being a fifth, every you know, a, a utility at everywhere else. But uh, Eric Thames, do, right now, do you think this is a guy who is going to be contributing to the Brewers this upcoming season? Right now, I'd say so. Um, I, I think there's certainly uh, the way the math works in the infield, right? And I don't want to you know, bog down too deep in this, but you've got your four primary outfielders, right? And around the infield, you've got, of course, the four starters. Uh, and then you've got Corey Spangenberg and Aaron Perez, both. Um, that can play multiple positions. Spangenberg played shortstop the other day. I don't know. That's a spot they want him at a lot. Um, but if he's capable of it, it makes him even more valuable. But they can both play the corner outfield. They can both play, if, especially Spangenberg, like I said, can play short. They can play all the spots on the infield. And you've got your two catchers. So with that math, you know, you're going four, the, the four starters, the two catchers, that's 10. And are you carrying 12 or 13 hitters? Uh, that's where the math comes in for Eric Thames. And I think that Right now, to start the season, um, that can be a bit of a question. Um, To answer your question directly, I think that, yes, he will be contributing to this team. I think they'll find a way to keep the extra bat. Um, If for no other reason, then if you start the season that way and then you need to make a move, there's uh, the first, what, 10 days you can't send a guy down or call a guy back up that that wasn't on the 40-man roster. Um, or that was on the 40-man roster, rather. So in that little window, there might be some some mess if nobody gets hurt. But they need to make a move. Then there's guys that they can make a move with. So I think they'll value the extra bat early on, um, and make, be able to play more matchups. Because the, the, the problem for a guy like Thames right now, right, is that he plays first base, um, just fine. I think he, he he plays a solid defensive third base. He plays the corner outfield in a pinch. And you've got everybody else, um, even with, I mean, as Manny Grandal can play first. Um, maybe Manny Pena doesn't play anywhere else, but otherwise, Braun can play a little first. Um, Yelich and Kane can play all three outfield spots. Gamble, I think, maybe played a couple of games at first base in the minors for the Mariners. I want to say I looked that up the other day. Um, but you've got all these guys that can play many multiple positions where Thames doesn't have as much versatility. So it does impact him uh, when a guy like Spangenberg signs to the team and then they also re-sign Moustakis. Um, 
Thames is the guy that could get squeezed out. But I do think he'll be on the team contributing. Um, it's just a matter of how long he has that opportunity. Um, and a lot of that, unfortunately, can depend on other people, their health, their effectiveness, whether or not the team has to make a move around him um, that can impact him and make him the odd guy out. What's uh, been your takeaway on a guy who is not going to be with the club when, when opening day hits, but we all know is going to be taking over at second base at some point in time, Keston Hira. Uh, as we talk on Sunday night, he's appeared in 12 games, 240, 345 on base, 520 slugging, uh, 865 OPS. What has been your general thoughts on the uh, spring of Keston Hira? Oh, every chance I've gotten to, um, I've watched the game footage where he's been in. Uh, I've watched every game on TV, of course, and I've, saw, I've actually sought out a couple of, uh, of the road feeds and just, you know, did as much as I could to, to pick up on that from afar. Uh, of course, I'm not in Arizona um, this spring, but everything I've seen shows that he's ca- very capable of handling second base defensively. Um, he's made some good running plays, a couple of good diving plays. He's thrown off a strong arm, a strong enough arm, in my opinion, for, for second base, for sure. I'm no scout, uh, but again, from what I've seen uh, watching him from the uh, the places I've had a chance to. Um, and I, I think he's taken a, a solid approach at the plate. Yeah, he's gotten fooled a couple of times. He's gotten, you know, he's, he's missed a couple of swings, but these are big league pitchers he's facing a lot. He's in the games early when he, you know, he gets a lot of starts. Um, so he's in the games early facing the starting pitching, facing the top relievers who come in in the fourth and fifth innings early into the Cactus League. So he's facing a lot of high-quality uh, opposition, and I think he's holding his own pretty well. Like, you, you rattle off his numbers. I mean, that's not a, a non-base percentage to sneeze at at all. Uh, limited bats, of course, limited plate appearances. But I really think that there's a reason that this guy is so highly touted at the plate, and I think the Brewers are going to definitely get a benefit from that late this year, if not mid this year, and all of these Cactus League bats are only going to benefit him in the long run pretty good chance by the time people are listening to this podcast this will have already happened but we'll talk about it nonetheless uh jimmy nelson is set to uh make his uh debut in an actual cactus league game on monday he uh, had a simulated game he's obviously been thrown off the mound he had a bit of a setback earlier in spring but that didn't last very long and he was back going real quickly do you is it too early to talk about expectations for nelson um, I guess it depends on your scope uh, of those expectations. Uh, if you're trying to, to map out the entire season and, and project 30 starts and, and all that effectiveness that he had a couple of years ago, um, it, it might be a little bit premature. We, we really don't know what we're going to be able to see out of Jimmy Nelson until he's on the mound, at least not his fans. In the clubhouse, I'm sure they have their different take and they, they know they probably already have a, a map lined out for the first couple of weeks and how they're going to try to keep him effective and whether or not uh, they plan on having him start the season in the big leagues, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they've discussed it. They won't share it with the media, of course, uh, or anybody who's asking, but uh, I think it's a little early at this point with Jimmy Nelson. And uh, he, like you said, he makes his debut on Monday um, and that is going to absolutely be something to pay attention to. You're going to want to see um, the, the results, not so much. Again, it's his first Cactus League appearance of the year. Um, but you're going to want to see him maybe get up and down once um, and be effective. Uh, you, you're, and you want to see him come out of the game healthy uh, rather than effectiveness. It's not really um, what I meant to say. But um, if he comes out healthy and you know the next day doesn't report any, any soreness or weakness, that's going to be the win. 
Um, and like you said, he had the one setback, but thankfully it was in his forearm, not his shoulder. So the fact that he hasn't had any reported, at least, um, any shoulder issues this spring, um, that's a great thing for this Brewers team. And it could be a huge, huge addition um, to their chances to win and to repeat as division champions in 2019 for sure. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit because it's kind of related to to Jimmy Nelson. I think we let's assume for a second the team starts with a conventional five-man starting rotation, meaning conventional starting pitchers are all in that spot. I think we can agree, and if you want to add or subtract from this, you, you can tell me, but I think we can agree that Shasin Anderson, Davies Nelson, Woodruff Burns, Peralta are probably the seven individuals that are contending for those five spots. So if, if you agree with everything I've said so far, and we're going under the assumption that there will be five when the season gets started. What's your five, or who are the two that are not in the rotation when the season gets started? Well, for just for what it's worth, I do think that Josh Tomlin is still in the mix. I don't think he's going to get one of those spots, but I definitely think he's still competing at this point. Um, having said that, I think that Justine is in, I mean, for sure. Davies has pitched very well this spring, and again, he was limited last year mostly by health issues um the back the shoulder um he had multiple issues throughout the season um but if he's back to healthy then i think he will be in one of those spots he's proven to be a good pitcher in the big leagues when his body is right so i'm I'm thinking that he's in one of those spots chase anderson somebody pointed out on twitter today hasn't pitched in about a week um maybe he's doing his work on the side and it's just not being reported but that's certainly something to watch if maybe there's something going on physically with him that we don't know about um, maybe we find out tomorrow that he's just fine and he's maybe he's piggybacking on Nelson tomorrow and none of this <laughs> uh, last 30 seconds will matter. Um, if Nelson's healthy, obviously I think the spot goes to him. But at the same time, I'm guessing that they hold him back, let him continue to build up his uh, stamina and his arm strength, maybe make a couple of starts in the minors on the DL. There's no reason to rush him into the big leagues, have him be weak and have to put him on the DL uh, or option him down or anything like that. Let the guy... You know, ramp up the way he needs to safely. Uh, that's that's my guess as to what happens. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but Anderson's the the worry for me right now. Um, he doesn't have options left. He's a guy who needs to start, I think, to be most effective. I don't think he's a Junior Guerra type, uh, or even like a Corbin Burns or you know uh, Freddie Peralta in the playoffs type, where he can go to the the bullpen and be as effective. Uh, so I'm very. I'm very targeted to see what happens there. Um, but of the other guys remaining, I think Woodruff could provide the most if he had to join the team in the bullpen. Um, but I'd like to see him get the rotation opportunity. Um, and I think uh, Freddie Peralta, again, seems to be a guy to me that you get the most out of when he's starting. Um, Corbin Burns as well. He's working on his five pitches. I mean, he was a fastball slider guy in the bullpen last year. He's working on all five of his pitches this spring. Um, and again, the, the box scores haven't looked great, but I think he's going to make this rotation. He's going to be a starter for sure. So again, on the spot right now, if the season started tomorrow, I would go Chastine, I would go Davies, I would go, and this is in no particular order because I'm just doing it off the top of my head, but I would go Burns. Um, I'd probably put Anderson in there for now just because I'm not sure what they're thinking. And I guess I would go Woodruff if only because he's older, with a little bit more big league experience, a little bit more mature than Peralta is. Uh, Peralta's not going to be affected negatively by going down to AAA, pitching in San Antonio. Uh, anybody that would have to do that would be fine. 
Uh, but those would be my five for right now. Again, Nelson probably to the DL. Uh, Tomlin in camp on a minor league deal probably stays in the minors if he doesn't have an opt-out. And then, yeah, probably Peralta is my odd guy out at this point. All right. Fair enough. Uh, last thing for you before we uh, let you go, Moustakis uh, playing at second base from what you've seen from him at uh, at second base. Are you are you comfortable with what that looks like? Yeah. Um, I haven't – he hasn't really been challenged, yeah. I don't think, at second base a lot so far this spring, at least not on TV. Um, so we don't know a lot about his range. Um as we all in the third base is a very reactionary position. There's not a lot of movement to your sides most of the time. Uh, and Musakis did a great job, I think, you know, reacting to, to the plays at third base. Um, it's been talked about a lot this spring in numerous reports and on TV that Shaw grades out better defensively um, than Musakis does at third base. That wouldn't have been my guess if you would have asked me, you know, point blank. But that's apparently the way it is. So it makes sense, again, that they're trying Musakis at second base first. Um, letting him get the, the reps to see what, what they're doing there as far as who's playing where. Uh, but no, I think they, they shift enough. They position themselves very well uh, as a defensive infield. The coaching staff of the Brewers does a wonderful job of having their guys in the statistically best or the, the highest percentage you know chance position to where the ball goes, You know, depending on who the hitter is. So I think that helps um, cover up for anybody's range issues. Uh, and plus, in between those two guys, you've got uh, an excellent shortstop who's got range for days. So if there's something up the middle and Moustakis is, you know, shaded a little bit to right field, then maybe RC can get to it up the middle, that kind of a thing. So, no, everything I've seen, um, Moustakis seems like he'll be fine. He's turned double plays well uh, once or twice that I've seen him do it. He's gotten to balls, um, and obviously he's got the throwing arm. So there's no issue there, even if he's going up the middle for a ball. But he's had to, he's you know spun a couple of times. He's made an off balance throw a couple of times. So I think uh, everything that he's demonstrated is looking good uh, to this point. He is Adam Rigg. You can read him uh, on Twitter at the Brewer. Or excuse me, he's uh, at Brewer Nation. I've only said this ten million times. I should get it right. <laughs> Let's do that again. He's on Twitter at Brewer Nation. Uh, you can also go to thebrewernation.com and uh, check out his uh, site. But uh, Twitter is certainly the place to see uh, everything that he's got going on. Adam, always appreciate the time. Next time we talk, we're going to be talking about games that matter. Oh, man, opening day, like you said, two and a half weeks away from when we're recording, and I could not be happier. Baseball needs to get back here real soon. I can agree with that. Thank you so much for your time. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Adam Rigg of the Brewer Nation joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. That's just about going to do it for uh, this week's edition of the program. Let's go ahead and take a look at what's going to be coming up this week in terms of uh, spring training games and also the radio broadcast schedule in case you do want to uh, listen in to uh, some of the games. If you are listening on the day of release Monday, uh, the Brewers are going to be taking on the White Sox in Maryvale. That's going to be a 2.55 start in again as we mentioned at the uh, top of the program Jimmy Nelson is scheduled to appear in the game so that's uh, an important thing they will uh, play road games against the Giants and the Indians on Tuesday and Wednesday respectively they've got the uh, Angels and the Padres on Thursday and Friday at home a split squad coming up on Saturday one group will head to a surprise to take on uh, the Royals 
Another group will be at home against the Rockies. And then on Sunday, they will take on the Dodgers. And an off day a week from today, on Monday the 18th, the week from when we're recording, uh, they're going to have an off day. That's going to be the final off day of spring as uh, they go into the final stretch of games after that. As far as the broadcast schedule this week, the Monday game against the White Sox on the 11th, that's going to be heard on WTMJ with a 2.55 broadcast game. The Thursday game against the Angels, also on WTMJ with a 2.55 broadcast. Saturday against Colorado, 2.55 broadcast on WTMJ. And Sunday against the Dodgers, uh, that's going to be a 2.55 broadcast, but you can hear that on 94.5 ESPN-FM. Do want to say uh, thank you to uh, Adam Rigg for joining us, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you again real soon for another edition of Brewers Externies, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.